What's up, everybody? It is Friday, January 14th, 2022. You are listening to the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. Pat had to jump on a bird to Omaha for Friday Night Smackdown tonight on Fox at 8 p.m. Pack show today still. We talk about the same game parlay holiday that's going on this weekend exclusively on FanDuel. Ian Rappaport joins the show. Steve Smith Sr. and Pat and AJ go through the entire wild, super wild card weekend slate and pick the games. Let's get into it. The Toxic Table is here at Ty Schmidt, at Boston Connor. One half of the hammer, Dan Cowboys at Tone Diggs is here. And we are all feeling a little bit mighty this morning. Mm -hmm. We're all feeling a little bit joyful. Because not only is it a feel-good Friday, how you doing, keep it moving. Not only is there NFL games tomorrow, Sunday, and Monday. But we are currently, right now, standing in the present universe... That is the same game party holiday. Eve. Yeah. That starts uh-huh. tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Get 50% back on money that you bet on same game parlays at FanDuel. You bet ten or $20 on same game parlays, you get $10 back. If you bet $50 on same game parlays on FanDuel on the NFL wildcard games, you get $25 back. Ooh. You bet a hundo, you get 50. You bet 200, you get 100 back. If you go over 200, you get a hundo back. Wow. Good and deal. those are tiers, by the way. It's not like you bet 60, you get 30 back. You bet 50, you get 25. You bet 20, you get 10, you get a hundred. Bet 100, you get 50. You bet 200, you get 100. I mean, the same game party. Eve is a glorious day. Very excited. Can't I'm wait. very excited. It seems like all the teams in here have great same game parlays. That's because we're looking at a great weekend yes. of football. I mean, whenever you start looking at the schedule and you have the Raiders and Bengals kicking this entire thing off, we have no clue what that's going to produce. Yep. Will the Bengals be absolutely electrifying with an offense that has three receivers that have been very prolific all season? Joey Burrow coming into his own in his first season in which he's able to play without dying. Yeah, yeah well, kind of. He did get smacked around quite a bit. Yeah, but, right, but he was play. He played yeah, through the right, season. Yeah, he, exactly. played, he played through the season. Exactly. His rookie year, death, death, yeah. car accident, smash, dead, 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 out for the season. Right. We all predicted it. Anybody that watched Joe Burrow play in his rookie year, oh, that dude's going to get hurt. We don't want to say it, we said. No. Don't want to say what we're about to McCaffrey, another guy. He plays so fast, yeah. and he gets into so many collisions, he's probably going to get hurt. Joey Burrow, his rookie year, showed all the signs of having it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely crushing it. Somebody's getting a phone call. I hope everything's okay. But absolutely crushing it until he got crushed and let, missed the rest of the season. Then this year, with Jamar Chase in tow and the training camp stories where they, this guy can't catch a fucking NFL ball. Yeah. Ooh. Well, it turns out that was wrong. <laughs> Joey Burrow changed his game a little bit, mic'd up situations. We've heard him say, I don't like getting hit by you guys anymore. Zach Taylor finally wins as an NFL head coach. Now they have a home playoff game after being the AFC North champs. Who do they have to play against? Oh, a team that uh, lost a coach. What? Lost a couple of their players. What? Being investigated by the RRS. What? All system shit. Yeah. 
But somehow, Richie Bisaccia, Derek Carr, Darren Waller, and the boys for the Raiders have been able to persevere and win games that nobody thought they would win and make it into the playoffs with house money in Las Vegas. Will the Raiders upset the electrifying Bengals? We have no clue, but the pod is putting together a same-game parlay that everybody will be able to bet on at FanDuel. Put your own together. You guys saying you feel real good about it. Real good. Yeah. We did. I mean, we did. We, we you know, doing a lot of R&D. We had about five, six different potential ones. Mm-hmm. Then last night, me, Zeke, Connor, we kind of all came in, had the, had the same idea, and it was like, okay, this just feels right. Uh, we're feeling very good about where yeah, we're at. very good. I mean, for I think everybody in the office, we've all done you know our research and everything, and now it's up to the football gods. It's up to the gambling gods. It's out of our hands now. It's the same game parlay holiday clause. Right? Yeah, and honestly, the same game parlay holiday clause comes down the chimney and delivers the greats mm-hmm. because not only do we have Raiders and Bengals, we have Patriots Bills on Saturday night. Ooh, yeah. Saturday night football, an AFC East rival matchup. A trilogy for this particular particular season the first game ruined by wind and weather it was a completely different ball game than either of the teams had shown in any other game that they had played the next time they met the buffalo bills took their wagon into foxborough and destroyed everything now after jordan poyer and the boys have zero pro bowlers on the defensive side of the buffalo bills are they going to come out with a statement to make are they going to be trying to hit a little bit harder are they going to be trying to run a little bit faster and are they going to be trying to stomp a mud hole in the motherfuckers that don't give them any respect josh allen is playing at a high level stefan diggs absolute stud don't sleep on the rapping the covid vaccinating hating cole beasley as well out there i'm excited for that game you know bill belichick's going to have a couple wrinkles Excited to see what Mac Jones does. Just a rookie quarterback, but feels like a 50-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Feels like he's a 50-year-old yeah. out there. And you have Josh McDaniels, <laughs> big old brains on Steve Belichick and Bill Belichick. I just assume Saturday night is going to be must-watch. Yeah, I'm very surprised to hear that the game's not sold out yet. I mean, very cheap tickets. Well, I know I'm it's really cold. Surprised. Hey, I know I'm it's really cold. I'm surprised you brought that up. Jeez, I, I mean, I know it's cold, but there has been a playoff game in Buffalo in a long, long time. So that was a little surprising. I mean, the weather's going to be a factor obviously it's good just to get mac jones you know some experience but chuck said it yesterday it's going to come down to probably two or three fourth down plays that the bills will either get or they won't we know bills belichick is probably not going to end up going for it on fourth down because that stud jake bailey in the back he can put the ball wherever the hell he wants you know that was yeah. slater yeah, he's really good. bethel i yeah, mean come really on good. but I, i'm very juiced up for it everyone that like, was interesting here though by the way 30 dollars tickets still available right now for yeah. the buffalo bills playoff yes. game hosting the New England Patriots winning the AFC East. Huh. That was interesting to hear. I did not expect that. At all. Like, I know, obviously, yes. it's negative. Honestly, we talked to Jordan Poirier yesterday for, what, four or five minutes about, like, mm-hmm. man, the Bills Mafia. Yeah. yeah. What happened? You think just, oh, flight's probably canceled. Uh, I don't know. You, you think a lot of yeah, Bills road's fans? probably closed. Flight's probably canceled. Can't get there, so you got to pay. <laughs> well, it's not really. You got to just get rid of the tickets. Out. They want somebody else to go enjoy because they can't get up to Buffalo. Yeah, you know it's what not I mean? really yeah. snowing, though. I think Buffalo has a population size that would allow not all the people to go there. So, uh, uh, so allegedly, Zito just came in my ear and said, there is a lot of tickets available. A lot. Really? The what Bruins, happened? The Bruins-Flyers hockey game has a higher price ticket than the Bills. And those, those are two AHL teams. Well, the, the <laughs> Those Bruins, two teams aren't even in the NHL. The Bruins right. are in the playoffs. I mean, they're sitting right next to the Penguins. So I'm not uh, you ain't anyway, the only place you're sitting next to us is the fact that you're in the black and gold colors whenever you take the ice. Great wow. color scheme. Hey, 
We can all agree on that. That's an unbelievable color. Yeah, we agree. It's our. It's it's all of Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's, well, it's we're an original like, six team, so more so the Penguins copied uh, us. But hey, yeah, who uh, who cares? Original we're, six. We're that's great. Football. You guys, what? You, they, nobody had pads. The no, goalies no, 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 no. didn't yeah. even know what a puck was. Hey, look, we've won a cup in the last ten years. Hockey, Canada invented hockey, but I mean, Detroit stinks. We're not getting into all that, but you're right. In the time of the NFL being dominant. And in the time of Bill's Mafia being one of the fan bases that people like seek out to watch yeah. and put over Respect. and say, hey, this is a fan base because they have to go through all the weather up there. Mm-hmm. The snow, the insanity, the booze. And it's still going to be loud. It's still going to be crazy. Yeah. But I don't think anybody expected there to be $30 tickets available for a playoff game. I remember back in the day, you know, Indiana was considered a basketball state. I guess it still is. The one of the basketball Hall of Fames is here in Indiana. High school basketball here is huge. Mm-hmm. And I think it does all revolve around the fact that IU had Bobby Knight for those years, and it was beloved here. The Pacers make the playoffs. And this was either the first year or the second year in which they ended up running into the Heatles uh-huh. in the conference championship, but I was here. They couldn't sell the top of the, the top of the arena or whatever. I was like, I thought this was a basketball. Like, what are we this is playoffs, this whole thing. For whatever reason, they weren't able to move the tickets. So I bought like literally five thousand of them, I think, mm. at a five dollar price and gave them away to a bunch of people for that. Had the whole place packed out. But that was an eye opener for me. I'm like, how how is this place not selling out? These are the game, these are the only games that matter, right? This is how everybody views like hey in the NBA when you get to the playoffs, this is an entire another season. So I wonder what the fuck's going on up in Buffalo. I I, I don't think Jordan Poyer expect that i feel like i see an entire stadium of people at the airport whenever they arrive yeah. yes what is going on maybe it's maybe omicron it could be. Well, maybe omicron be. ran re- through they require vaccinations but i'll tell you what where i come from it depending on no matter what your stance is you're getting vaccinated if it means going to a Steeler game for 30 dollars exactly. yeah yeah big team little me bingo big team mm-hmm. little me play right. there's a playoffs <laughs> yeah there is an eye and win and the eye is you buying in to go see the bills play against the new england patriots in the playoffs at it's home also yeah. kind of embarrassing for patriots fans that they haven't seen this and then decided to take over the stadium i do believe there has been a i would assume of... that the patriots the mass holes will take advantage of this particular mm-hmm. opportunity I hope so and i don't know if you know, I don't know Josh Allen's. I think he's married. I'm not 100 sure. I don't know if his wife is going to go do a show like Kelly Stafford. Oh and say, yeah, that'd be sweet. Hey, you motherfuckers! Like, what are we on silent count all night? What are we, we even can. doing? Kelly Stafford saying, "Please do not sell your tickets." Okay, just don't go. Yeah. But we need not what happened between the Niners and the Rams the other day. Matthew, my husband. The home quarterback of Los Angeles. And she even said, we played at Detroit a long time. Yeah. We're yeah. in Detroit a long time with a lot of fan bases that travel. We've been there. He had to go on a silent count. Jimmy G was going with a cadence. And I was like, that is, I couldn't even imagine Kelly Stafford like watching that game, right? Because let's say I hit a punt and a person gets a big return. My mom's natural reaction or Sam's natural reaction is like, these motherfuckers, like, mm-hmm. make the tackle or whatever. Kelly's natural reaction is to protect Matthew. Watching the game just being like, what the fuck is even going on here? This is bullshit. I'm, and a lot of people are saying, oh, that's Matthew's words coming through. I was like, no. I got it. I, no, I, I, no I think way. Kelly was, like, legitimately pissed off. Like, what the hell is going on here? Also, they went to Georgia, right? I mean, Georgia. Yeah. That was 80-20 the other night. <laughs> yeah. That fan base is big. The Lions sold out every single game Matthew Stafford was there. They they're the Lions. Lions. So Kelly being like, hey, listen, we're up there in Detroit, and that whole place is home. And Packers fans 
notoriously travel. Yeah. But that's what happens in L.A. You know, easy come, easy that's go. Right. Hey, you know, sometimes you trade for that, for the lavish lifestyle and living mm. on the beach. You know? uh, You're going to get some fair weather people. And anyone who saw the TV copy, I mean, it, what, there was about 75% of the oh, fans yeah. in the stadium were 49ers fans. But do you think it's possible that the Bills are Bills fans, I mean, are just thinking like, Hey, listen, we've had each one game apiece. We've seen them. We're going to beat the hell out of the Patriots. Oh, oh, oh this Saturday is like the Alabama night. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. We'll wait until, you know, next week. Hopefully we have another home game. If not, you know, maybe we go to, to you know, a warmer weather city where we can kind of make a weekend out of it. We're going to beat the hell out of the Patriots. Maybe go Saturday to Nashville. Right. I don't know if they're going to end up at no, Nashville. No, it's either Kansas City or home. So there you go. So it's still cold. So it's cold. And no matter you're not what. gonna get into Kansas City. Well, but Kansas City, I mean, that's a that's a big playoff atmosphere. Yeah, know? but that, that play Kansas City, that place is sold, sold out. out. That place is sold out. That's why and if you want to bet on, you know, next week in the playoffs in the NFL, like any the Jags just beat the Colts at home. You never know when the worst team could beat, you know, the home team. I'm not saying the Patriots are the worst team, but they the Bills definitely have an advantage for sure. Although they're not taking advantage of it. Their fans aren't. Going. I was beef. I thought people were lying on the internet to yeah. make Bill's Mafia look bad. Me I honestly, too, because I think you presented it to me, so I was like, ah, this is obviously an unbiased yeah. Yeah. propaganda. But New England's going to make them pay for that. I uh-huh. mean, Patriots fans are going to make them pay for that. But at the end of the day, it's all about the players on the field. That's right. There might not be as many buildos in the stands as mm-hmm. we thought there would be. But Josh Allen and the boys and Poyer still got a chip. They're going to do their thing, and hopefully, Bill's Mafia will show up for which they're going to. Well, yeah. What? Maybe. I mean, how is the game not sold out? It's a playoff football game. Joining us now is a man who might have more information on all this stuff. Uh, senior NFL insider for NFL.com and NFL Network. The host of the weekly wrap-up with Rap Sheet and Friends. Us being the friends. Him being that first name there. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Hey! Rap Sheet, we're, hey, we were just talking about this. There's no way anybody on earth expected the Buffalo Bills game, home playoff game against the New England Patriots, uh, Post-COVID here, too. Yeah. A couple yeah. years post-COVID. Not to be sold out. That is, a, that is a mind blower to me. I don't know if you that's in your sphere at all. Just some punditry thoughts from Rap Sheet on that? Uh, de- definitely not in my sphere. I would say, uh, you know, that's surprising. But I, I'm, I'm not worried about it because I think Bill's Mafia is going to show up. They always show up. They are intense. They are crazy. They show up at the airport at 3 a.m., when Josh Allen gets there after like a Monday saying. Night football game. So it is going to be fine. They are going to be fine. The fact that it's not sold out now is weird. But also it's going to be very cold. Maybe people don't want to be cold. Give me a break. Well, see, and Jeez. that's what we're talking about. You just said they show up at 3 a.m. Buffalo people just know it's cold for like six months of the year. Yeah. yeah. That's the way it goes. I mean, from Jamestown all the way up to Canada and all the towns in between over there, I think they just understand life's cold, life's windy, life's snowy. But that's our grit. That's our town. That's our team. Born in the cold. We love. I love Buffalo. I love 716, dude. Fucking A. I'm bummed about this because yesterday. We- I like the wings. Wings. I mean, that, that's one of the rare things in life where people talk about how good the wings are there. And then I went there and ate several different varieties. And I'm like, wow, these are actually better than people said. Uh, a couple of people sent me tweets saying, hey, if you take Jordan Poyer up on his offer to go to the game on Saturday night, well, I, we could probably buy, I guess. Yeah, we could all probably go. We could all probably go, I guess, now, which I did not expect. our extended family. Yeah, tickets available, apparently. But uh, see, this doesn't matter. Tickets are not going to be available come game time. It's going to be the atmosphere. It is a. You've been there, obviously. So it is a great 
play to play. We football. agree, be- Ian. That is what we are saying. I think we're all saying that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we are all mind blown that this hasn't happened. I, I mean, the NFL is averaging 17 million viewers per game. The NFL is bigger than ever. The Buffalo Bills, Bills Mafia are hot. Like, what? I don't know how that works business wise, but Buffalo will show up. Those buildos will be flying. Yeah. Tables will be broken. Don't oh, you yeah. worry about it, Connor. Let's move on to some other stuff, Ian, that you might know about. A lot of coaching situations unfolding before our eyes here. Seven openings. There is only one black coach remaining in the NFL. Now, everybody's assuming that B-Flow is going to get hired quickly. Mayo's going to get hired. Jim Caldwell's back in conversation. Not a good look at the moment at all for the NFL or their hiring practices. How do you see this whole thing going? Because in Houston, I saw that Pep Hamilton's going to be the offense coordinator, whether you like it or not, whoever's getting hired. I love Pep. But is that because Casario is already putting the pieces together? And I heard he's on the headset with Collie during the game. Is that happening as well? Uh, we'll start with the last part first. Yes, that is the way Nick Casario does things. I mean, he's he's on the headset. He was it. on the headset in New England. He is the general manager. He also sometimes uh, will be on field working with players. And I, you know, people talk about it like it's bad. Uh, and I'm sort of not sure where or why that's bad. I mean, most GMs sit with the owner in the box. They spend yeah. the time, you know, not saying that any of the good People in the NFL would do this, but bad-mouthing the rest of the team and talking about what's wrong. Casario is very hands-on, and he wants to know everything that's going on with his team. So, like, being on the headset, to me, almost makes sense. He's also, like, But he fires the coach, in which he's on the headset, so he's not just picking out what everything's wrong. He's saying, hey, I could probably coach this team better and be the GM. Is that what he's thinking, you think? I, I just think he wants to make sure that the team takes a global look at this thing. Like, a lot of teams, like, remember when the Eagles were going to the Super Bowl and Doug Peterson was you know, getting sort of praised for all his analytical approach and going for on fourth down and all of that. A lot of that was because he had an analytics expert in his ear before key downs telling him like what the percentages were. I imagine Casario follows a similar role in Houston. He just happens to also be the GM. You know, he also wants all the information he can have. So being on the headset during practices, games, like I, people talk about it like it's bad and maybe I'm missing some of it, but I don't see what the bad part of it is. Okay, so um, the bad thing probably is that he could potentially be stepping on other people that are much better than he is at doing something, right? That That's what you hire coaches for, offense coordinators, defense coordinators, position coaches for. You're the GM. You're supposed to be scouting, building a team. But also, there's some head coaches that call come in and call plays. So a GM coming in and doing more than just what is normally on the GM t- uh, title, I don't think is a bad thing. But if they continue to stink, then... Right, then well, it becomes a problem, yeah, right? Of course, right. And, and that's the thing, like, if, you know, the way Nick Casario is, is doing things in Houston, he stripped it down. I mean, that was not a very good team personnel-wise this year. The most money they had invested were dudes playing at other places, guys like Winnie Merciless, who probably plays this weekend for the Packers, sounds like. Oh, um, Winnie Merciless. Or not next weekend for the Packers. Yeah, they got to buy it this week, dude. You know, stripped it down. They obviously didn't have Deshaun Watson. They are going to build from the studs, trade Deshaun Watson in the offseason, and then Use all the picks to build this back up. If it doesn't work, they're all going to get fired, obviously. He's already fired one head coach. Uh, but I want to go back to what you talked about before, the fact that David Culley was fired, worked his entire life to be a head coach, finally gets the opportunity of a lifetime, gets fired after one year. There's one black head coach in the NFL, which is not good. Um, it is bad, not just a bad look, it is just bad. Um, but this is a really good group of head coach candidates who are also black. Todd Bowles is very good. I think he gets a job. I think Flores gets a job. 
Uh, Gerard Mayo has a real, real, real chance in Houston. Like, I think a very good chance. Is that because, just real quick, I don't I don't want to stop this, but no, is Gerard ahead. Mayo down there because Casario knows, okay, young head coach, I can still do my thing. Like, is that going to be run through Casario? Is that what it, And that's why Pep Hamilton's going to be the offensive coordinator. Like, Casario's like, hey, you're staying in here. Uh, I am coach GM this entire, is that is that why you think and Gerard Mayo's one of his guys? It's like, hey, I get along with this guy. I can go in his ear. I can tell him stuff if he wants to. He'll be able to handle it. Is that why that's potentially going to happen there? I don't know that Pep Hamilton's going to be the offensive coordinator there. I mean, I hope he's the offensive coordinator Ooh. somewhere. Mixed reports. Uh, yeah. And I saw the I saw the report, and it's not like I'm not like you know disputing the report. Wow. But there's also a chance that Pep gets hired somewhere else, and, and he's a he's a really good candidate. He's done a great job with Justin Herbert, who's pretty good. Davis Mills, who most people hadn't heard of, who really played very well for a very bad team. Concur. Uh, he might get hired somewhere else, but I, I just, to me, like, you hire a head coach and you say, here's Lovey Smith, here's Pep Hamilton, here your coaches, go. Like, that doesn't, that, I guess it's possible, but that doesn't really work. So I, well, a I GM hope, in an ear of a head coach wrong. probably during a game doesn't normally work, but I mean, that's, let's, who True. knows? Who knows about that entire thing? But sorry to get you off track. Byron Leftwich no. also probably going to get interviews as well, right? Yeah, and, you know, he's someone who I think is really deserving as well. Um, But I hope you are wrong. I hope that if the Texans hire Gerard Mayo, it is not because they can control him. He's a strong person, and he's a strong leader, but he's also a young head coach who I think is going to be really dynamic and have some good ideas. So I hope he comes in, compliments it all. They have a good system. Kasir is on the headset, but they're on the same page. That's best case scenario. You described his worst case scenario, so I hope you are wrong. But I've seen it all in the NFL, so we'll see if it happens. I mean, the last person I was coaching there was also the GM, the lead counsel, yeah. yep. the equipment manager, Bill O'Brien. It seems like that is just kind of how it works whenever McNair, Easterby, and whoever gets in the room together, like, hey, why don't you just run everything? You know, and, and Casario's like, I yeah, will. Right. Good idea. Hey, flea flicker, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> right now, need it. I mean, that is awesome. The eyes will, I mean, hindsight will always be the judge of everything. If it works, it'll be great. Casario might be a new model. Like, hey, can we just get a football genius in here to run the team? Also help out with the coaching. Uh, that'll be, I'm excited for that. Bill Belichick, I think, is really the only person who's ever been successful being the GM and the head coach. I'm not saying that Casario would be the head coach as well, but when you have input in the game planning and practice, right and you're in the ear that feels like you're also a coach uh maybe yeah, it's a little different it's definitely different yeah hopefully it'll be able hopefully you'll be able to have some success down there let's go to chicago chicago is everybody in their building or in zoom calls where are they at you think is, are people taking trips to chicago right now is it all zoom calls when will they hire who will they hire uh flores goes today and he is on a zoom um and i would say uh, mo- I think most of the guys are on Zoom first interviews because that's kind of the way it's working is you do all the Zooms first and then you bring in a couple second interviews and then you make your decision. You know, I, Forrest is a very good coach. Uh, as we've discussed, there are some people who get very upset when you talk truth to them and I think Brian Forrest will always talk truth right to your face. Uh, some people don't like those uncomfortable conversations, but he is a very good coach. I think would do a great job in Chicago. Um, they also have to hire the GM, and they're actually doing interviews concurrently. So they got GM interviews and then coach interviews, and then they're going to try to marry them together. And I'm, like, really curious, like, do they have them sit in a room and talk? Like, I remember the 49ers had John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan just sit in a room and have a conversation that could you guys work together? 
and they were on the same page yeah, and they yeah. moved forward. How much like, you us? Yeah. It's a real, <laughs> it. it's a yeah. tough thing to do. Whereas like the Giants and Vikings are going to hire a GM first, then hire the coach. I think younger coaches and younger GMs will just say, yeah, 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 we can get along. Experienced coaches will be like, nope, I can't actually get along with this person. <laughs> you know, so that's an interesting thing as well, especially with the amount of money and power that is on the line for everybody. Uh, JJ Watt and Juju both trending towards playing this uh, weekend. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. We'll start He's with Watt. Watt. Did you see the video yesterday online? Which one? The practice video of Watt. It was like super slow-mo with the eyeball emoji of him like getting ready for practice. Just kind of like he looks good, huh? on out there. He looks good? It was, it was like one of your shows. It was like a wrestling entrance. Oh, really? You know? Well, I'm not the father of wrestling, but I do understand I also do wrestling. It was a beautiful thing. You're saying J.J. Watt all the way back, though? What are they expecting? Pitch count? Can't play him as much? He'll be in there full force? How about Juju? He said he was practicing. He had some tweet he put out that basically alluded to, guess who's back? Juju's back. Yeah, I think both of them are going to be back. back. But, so Juju's J.J. Uh, tore his bicep, his labrum, and his rotator cuff. Wow. Those are like, so he had surgery on all of them. Gee, Basically, fix, the way he described it. it was his shoulder tore like out the back, which is like, I mean, I, when I first heard it, my knees actually shook, which is like kind of weird, but it was disgusting. Um, and I mean, the fact that out. he is playing a four, that's a four to six month recovery. The way it was described to me was this. He knows his body so well. He's so in tune with what happening physically that he can push himself to places that most people can't because he's not worried about like tearing it again. Wow. So it's like, you know, know normal humans like kind of tweak something like, oh, got to get stay off the ankle for two weeks. JJ's like, yep, like bring on the pain. Hell so yeah, he's not normal. So I think he yeah. he was doing defensive line drills before this week. Now gets out to practice. I heard yesterday at practice he looked really good. He probably plays. And then Juju, this was like a surprise because I think all of us thought he was out for the season after shoulder surgery. Yesterday's practice went well. No setbacks. He thinks he's playing. Sealers are kind of like, we'll see, but I think he's playing too. And that would be, you know, you think about a team, like let's say the Chiefs preparing for the Steelers. Like they were not preparing for Juju. And now you just drop in like a starting receiver. Like that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. And you also drop in, you know, Fryer, and Ben Roethlisberger saying, hey, we're probably going to lose by 20, boys. Who mm-hmm. cares? Just go out there and let it let it fly. <laughs> I love that. I love great. the storylines of this weekend. There are so many good storylines. There are so many teams that could potentially go on a run. And there's teams that could win that would make no sense. We have all the things here with the odds of who could win the Super Bowl. The Steelers are the highest at like plus 9,000 or something like that. So obviously they are viewed as no. The Raiders at plus 6,000 going to the Bengals. Eagles and Bucks. I mean, we got some really lopsided odds games on who's going to win the Super Bowl. But honestly, any given Sunday, this is Super Wild Card Weekend. Ian, let's go. So I got a couple thoughts. Not that my thoughts matter as far as punditry, but I feel like the Eagles have a real shot. How come? How come? How come? They run the ball so well, and everybody's tired, and everyone's beat up, and it's it's the longest season ever. That's not the thing. The The biggest season ever, whatever the thing is, the biggest season ever, everybody's tired, and everyone's beat up. And the buck and the Bucks didn't have a bye, and the Eagles are physical and they run the ball right at you, and it doesn't matter who the running back is. That is really hard to stop. And once it gets going, it's really really hard to stop. And they got a quarterback that I remember talking to a defensive coordinator last year 
before, like as Jalen Hurts was kind of getting into it and kind of playing. And he was basically like, we're preparing all week and we have no idea what we're going to see because he runs around and he scrambles and he go. It's he finds himself in such different weird spots that you don't know how to defend it. So to me, like the Eagles aren't as good as the Bucks, but they could win, I think. Yeah, it's interesting whenever you say something like that because you have to immediately say like, oh, okay, so you're saying that Tom Brady is going to lose to Jalen Hurts. And then you're saying that Indomitian Sue and Vita Vea are worn down and tired, even though they might be absolute superhumans. And Pierre Paul and the boys out there, White, I think is back. The whole that whole squad. You're saying you know what? Yeah, they're, they're all coming back. They're beat down. They're beat up. They can't last with the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm sure they won't hear that. I, I don't think anybody down there listens to this show. So I don't think they'll hear that Ian Rappaport thinks that the old-ass Buccaneers are worn down and can't stop the run in the playoffs. They shouldn't even play tomorrow. They shouldn't even you know. Hey, get, maybe calling younger teammates. Yeah. Get the old-ass guys out of there, Ian. Jeez. So when I covered the Patriots, I would, uh, oh, yeah. I would write for the, I was writing for the Boston Herald. But then, you know, you get some, like, random TV appearances on, like, you know, uh, Comcast or something. Ooh, yes. it, was, it was very exciting because, you know, you'd make like 200 bucks, which was a lot of money back then. And it's a lot of money still. Um, and it was great. And uh, I loved it. And I would so- sometimes be a little too opinionated. And then random Patriots people, sometimes players or coaches would like, get mad at me. And I never understood why. And it turns out that sometimes I would say something and then like Belichick would play it in a meeting. Oh, yeah. And it'd be me like giving my opinion for some stupid reason. I'm, and then they would all watch me and use me as fuel in the meeting. Yeah, he would get, like, the remote out and say, remember this guy, this little fucking piss-ant rat <laughs> that walks through our, our locker room every day and says, you guys are the best, you guys are the best. Listen to this shit on Comcast. Boom. Play it in. I don't know if this Patriots team can still go. I don't Not know. Year. What we've seen, this is the dynasty might be dead. And Bill's like, this is our own guy. Yeah. This guy is our own guy saying that. I, how many Super Bowls did you contribute to? I mean, congratulations. Wow. Thank you, Rapshi. Well, Are we going to see that man in the don't arena? Don't congratulate me, though, in all seriousness. Don't congratulate me. I was there from – I was there in 2010, 11, 12. So, so they went to a Super Bowl, but they lost. Ah, so you didn't motivate him enough. Comcast's not a big enough show. That show wasn't big enough. Now you could do that all you had to. Let's pivot out of the playoffs real quick. I know the boys will have some questions for you, Ian. We appreciate you joining us here uh, on this Feel Good Friday. Same game parlay, holiday eve. Hell yeah. Uh, We can't thank you enough, Ian. Uh, Denver Broncos, officially up for sale. Uh, John Elway and Peyton Manning are in two different funding groups out of six that we've heard that are all pitching to get the uh, ownership of the team. How does that work? They have to pitch the other owners first, and then they have to get the deal done with the family? Or who has to okay them to be in there? And how do you weasel your way into one of those groups? You're talking to me, or how do you weasel your way? I just said just as a friend, for a friend, for a friend, for a friend. For a friend, yeah. right. Uh, just happened. So the way it's going to work is it's some of these are real, like, you know, closed bids and then you get picked a winner. I think the Clippers was like this where, uh, yeah, I think the Clippers were like this where basically you submit an envelope, like this astronomical and then, you know, two billion, I think two, one or something like that. This one is different. This is, uh, basically everyone getting together and there's gonna be a lot of bidders. Like this is going to be all a record. It'll be like, probably more than $4 billion. Like, it's going to be big. A lot of bidders get together. They submit what their bid was going to be, and then basically there's an auction. And the trustees have a fiduciary uh, 
mandate essentially to take that take the most money. Like it is their job to take the most money, and then that person who it ends up being needs to be okayed by the NFL, which includes a background check. So if it's you're part of one of the groups, well, I would make sure your stuff is clean, scrub your Twitter, all that stuff. Twitter's good. Um, but that's kind of the way it works, and it is going to be. I'm telling you, like the most competitive purchase we've seen in a very long time. October twentieth, two thousand ten, might show up in that thing, but they know about it. They had to cover. Yeah, yeah. I was in there late when it happened. Yeah, no, you can scrub it now. Um, yeah. I was uh, I was watching a clip of your show last night on the Shams lunch tweets, <laughs> and I was uncontrollably laughing, which rarely happens to me. That was very funny. Hey, just real quick, Shams is a free agent coming up. Shafty's a free agent coming up. Woj is a free agent coming up. You're going to get a chance to just sit back and watch that whole thing cook, huh, in the insider game and see what the best avenue is. Yeah, uh, I'm focused on myself. Ah, Well, focusing on yourself, you should see what they do. I mean, that would be smart. Yeah, I mean, I'll be be watching. Uh, It's going to be interesting. You know, they're all very good. I hope they all make a lot of money. Yes. Yeah, that's the right answer, by the way. That is the rising <laughs> yeah. tides with the boat, the yeah, rap sheet everybody boat. Everybody make a lot of money. That'd be great. And by the way, it's a good time to be in a sports game. It's a good time to be in the insider game yeah. because there's an entire new path being blazed currently in the sports gambling world. And I think it's only, only going to get yeah. bigger. Uh-huh. So I think so. Things only going to get bigger. You know what I mean? I mean, it's going more and more states every, I think, didn't New York just, yeah, New York oh, yeah. just happened. Yeah, right? shot yeah, New York. Shout out. Welcome. Welcome That's me. York. That's my people. And by the way, New York might, the thing why they might be not going to that Bills game is because they can just stay home and gamble on a game at home. Yeah, okay. you can gamble and go to the game, but yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you can stay at home, watch 4K, have replays yeah. and everything like that. Yeah, win your bet, pay for your ticket. You know? uh, all right, we got a couple more questions for you, and we appreciate you. Go ahead, Ty. Yeah, Rapshi, you mentioned him earlier, Whitney Merciless. I don't think I was expecting him to come back, but it sounds like he actually might play next week. Have you heard anything else about the Packers, any setbacks with Bakhtiari or Jair Alexander or Zadarius Smith, any of those guys they're expecting to get back next week? Uh, I was not expecting Whitney Merciless either, uh, and I would, you know, he always, always try to do a better job, right? He always try to do some self scouting. Like two guys this week, where I kind of was like, oh, they're out for the season, and both these guys are out here, Juju and Mercil and Whitney Merciless, and it's like guys are getting so much better at rehabbing, and the medicine is getting so much better that some of these crazy things are now possible. Um, I think Merciless probably has a pretty good chance to play. Um, it was a, I believe it was a bicep injury, torn bicep, head surgery, three months. Um, so he, he has a shot. Uh, Jair Alexander is the one where I am not sure about. I think Bakhtiari plays, and like we talked about, like he looked good the other day. And I thought he would maybe rusty, like no, like he looked, he's, he's great anyway, and he looked really good. Uh, extra week probably helps him. And then, you know, Zadarius Smith was fully cleared a week ago today. He's practicing this week, has had no setbacks, you know, probably be as like a more of like a situational pass rusher, but I think he probably plays too. And you know, all the Bills people got mad at me when I said the Packers are the healthiest team in the playoffs. Like, yes, the Bills are very healthy also, but rarely do you just drop all pros into your roster and like, all right, let's go. So Packers, unlike last year, Packers are getting stronger as they get to the playoffs. Yeah, in adding teams like Juju, adding players in that change the game, it affects the film study, it affects everything. You just yeah. got to hope that they kind of fill in and match in perfectly. Go ahead, Tone. Ian, uh, a couple other injuries. Are Naj and CEH going to be uh, playing on Sunday night? Uh, I think Najee should be good to go. He's practicing today. 
he finished the game last week. I honestly didn't even know he was injured until maybe a day later. He's so he finished the game, didn't games. practice yesterday or Wednesday, should practice today. Assuming he gets through today okay, he should play. Uh, I think CEH is in a similar a similar place. I also know Tyreek was limited yesterday after being full Wednesday, but I was told he's fine. T. Higgins had a, he had a foot or a heel, was limited early in the week, and I believe he's fine. So oh. we should get, like, real healthy – like, let's go for this weekend. How excited are you for Super Wildcard Weekend, Rap? I, I am so pumped. I am so excited for tomorrow to start. I, I honestly am so excited to sit on a catch and just have one game on at a time, not have to act like I care about all the games, which you have to, because when you cover it every single day, you have to at least watch yeah. them all. Sole focus. What happens third quarter, fourth quarter when those things get tight? Or they're a complete blowout, though. Then we go run some, uh, do some uh, quick little... Uh, you know, go get a drink. Calisthenics. Go eat some low bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pal- drop in a Peloton. Yeah. How many of these um, games are normally blowouts? Do we remember? Or is there normally good games through Wild Card Weekend? Uh-huh. Oh yeah. I was Should a, be right. I think so. I was a part of that Chiefs Colts game that was what twenty eight points mm-hmm. or something. We came back from like four twenty four or something like that. That looked yeah. bad. We came back and made it happen. Anything can happen. We appreciate. you. I mean, being- Texans. Texans. Colts. Uh. When, no, not Texans uh, Chiefs. No, Texans Chiefs. I'm sorry. Oh, Texans yeah. Chiefs were like the. It was like 24 nothing. What was that, right? Yeah, yeah first quarter, yeah. second quarter. Mm-hmm. I forget what it was. And that began their run of just miraculous comebacks. <laughs> How you doing? Keep moving. We're going to Super Bowl. And, uh, Ian, and began the Texans like this. Ian, you, yeah. Well, they have been ever since. And now one guy's calling the plays, coaching up strategy and drafting everybody so i mean i hope it'll go well and maybe he's the guy he might be the guy they played a lot better than we thought they were going to that's because the pies on casario oh, that's right. joining us uh like he does every single week we can't thank you enough super bowl champion every day oh Ian yeah Rappaport. Thank you. it is time to round up the 2021 nfl season who are the best who are the great who are the leaders in multiple different facts. How about the top five rushing leaders? Jonathan Taylor, number one in the NFL, 1,811 yards rushing this season. 18 touchdowns. Then Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook rounds out the top five. Congratulations to these five, their offensive line, and everything they accomplished. The NFL's leading rusher, Jonathan Taylor, bought a bunch of Louis Vuitton bags for his offensive line, which we can respect and appreciate. And AJ, we talked about this the other day as we got a little tease for the wide receiver one three out of these five are not in the playoffs what does that mean what does that mean also i mean four out of these five easily could have been left out of the playoffs with the steelers <laughs> snuck in at the end for notch so i don't know what is that saying do you not need to run the ball to, to win in, in the nfl pat well you then you can add derrick henry into this thing because he would have been in there they're number one seed so everything means nothing but a narrative could be painted by this particular leading leaderboard and saying yeah, it doesn't matter. Look, top rusher, not even in the fucking playoffs. Even though all they had to do was beat Clinton and give him the ball more. Let's get to the wide receivers. What a year for these guys. Hey, congrats, gentlemen. Congrats to the top five receiving leaders of the 2021 NFL season. Cooper Cup, your receiving champion. Yeah. yeah. Cooper Cup says, I got one of these. Maybe next year, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, and Debo Samuel, who was not only used as a wide receiver, but also a tailback at times. So his yards from scrimmage are probably grotesque and ridiculous. But these five dudes, absolute superstars, AJ. Absolute star. And a lot of them, I mean, 
pretty. I mean, Devontae and Cooper. How old is Cooper? Like young stars. There's a, so many young position like stars in the league that play fun positions: wideouts, DBs, running backs. Debo, like, what does he play? Everything. Just a monster. Like this is a. Uh, I think it's a good time for the NFL. Yeah, it's a talent deep position the wide receiver position it's only going to get bigger and bigger i think with how nfl offenses continue to adjust to college offenses jamar chase just five months ago couldn't catch an nfl ball that's That's right right. (laughs) that was a real thing yeah 13 touchdowns 13 touchdowns he like the first four weeks he had like four or five touch i mean came in with an absolute vengeance. Justin Jefferson's a stud Devontae adams unbelievable and matthew stafford has another receiving Leader. Wow. wow. He's got to stop throwing picks. Yeah, yes, throwing more picks. That, that is real. He, he has to. Yeah. Has he really? I think he's tied for the lead, yeah. He has to stop throwing picks. I mean, that is an actual thing. We are big Matthew Stafford fans around. Huge. I've been banging the Matthew Stafford drum for a long time. Need him to stop throwing picks. They can go on a run. That Hey, that Rams team can go on a run. Let's go to the next leaderboard. Let's go to the top five Touchdown leaders, 43 tuds for Tom Brady. What a season. What a season. 5,316 yards. How you doing? Keep it moving. Wow. Antonio Brown leaves halfway through a game. They come back and get a big win. Gronkowski, Evans, Godwin, the entire squad over there is absolutely incredible. Congrats to Tom leading the NFL in touchdowns and Matty Stafford at 41. That does not count the pick sixes that went the other way, Ty. I know what you were going to ask, Diggs. <laughs> Justin Herbert, 38 tuds, 5,000 yards. Aaron Rodgers, 37 tuds. And Dak Prescott, 37 tuds. What a year for these five quarterbacks. And if you look at these five, four out of five in the goddamn playoffs. Mm -hmm. This is what people will probably bring to in their narrative painting of the rushing leader and the touchdown passing leader and who and how the offense should be run in the future. Well, and also, again, you know, Herbert, another one of those guys who they probably should have made the playoffs if Brandon Staley doesn't do all the things he did, you know, throughout the way. I mean, shit. Herbert, you know, how many 4th and 18s, 4th and 23s did he convert to get them into OT? So, it's a pretty strong leaderboard, though. Yeah, it is a strong leaderboard. AJ, your thoughts on this being a relatively older bunch? Yeah, it is. Experience shows. I mean, also, Matt Stafford had a pretty damn good year other than the interceptions, right? Right. That was his biggest downfall. Just as of late, it's been like the last five, six weeks where you start saying like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on? Seven picks in the last three games, I think. Yeah, 17 overall. I mean, geez. Top five touchdowns, top five passing yards, and won the division. We would have said MVP, and that's not even close to the case. Yeah. What we have? He's in L.A., too. He needs to get a, he needs to get out to a fast start in the playoffs. Hey, real quick, let's talk about it. Why does Aaron not have as many yards? Is it because their offense is just like a cerebral offense? Which is like it's, bim, bim. it's kind of been like that for a while. like he, he. I don't think he's ever thrown for five thousand yards. Like they, uh, I don't know. They are very balanced. You know, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones both have over a thousand total yards. Like and the pack, like he doesn't really. He's not throwing it fifty times a game like Tom is yeah. or some of these other guys. Like you know, he's throwing it thirty when they're really playing on all cylinders and firing. He's throwing like 35 times, you know? So playing they, with a lead a lot, too. That, too. Well, yeah. and also just not giving the ball to the other team. Ever. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the biggest difference. That's so huge. It's stupid, isn't it? The ball is the program. And, and somehow- defense, is no, defense is no going in. Okay, this guy never throws interceptions. So 
if you get your chance, you get a chance to get your hands on a ball, you absolutely better catch it. So can you imagine if you're a dude like a DB and you drop a pick early against A Rod? You know he's like, ah, you know you're not getting any more of those, buddy. Hey, that ain't gonna happen. That's why that first game, that first game was so interesting, so yeah. weird. I mean, it just looked nothing like what that offense would normally look like. They were left for dead. Now the number one team in the NFC. Everything runs through Lambeau. Congrats to these five quarterbacks leading yeah. the league. Top five sack leaders, T.J. Wide. 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 22 and a half, all earned, too. I saw a lot of people talking about Strahan's last sack yeah, yeah. and what happened in that particular play versus what T.J. Watt had to do against you know rival Ravens. But what an incredible year for him. He only played in 15 games, but it took the 17th game to get the record. So I think those conversations kind of – uh, balance each other out, tie the record. Then Robert Quinn still doing it. Robert Quinn still at the leaderboard. Victory. He was around whenever other people were getting 20, and he was getting 20 years and years and years ago. Miles Garrett was 16, Bosa with 15 and a half, and Trey Hendrickson, big time offseason signing by the Cincinnati Bengals, rounds out the top five. Congrats, fellas. Here we go, boys. Way to terrorize quarterbacks. Top five interception leaders. Trayvon Diggs had 11 of them things. J.C. Jackson quietly with eight. Trayvon Diggs got all the hype because how incredible all the catches were that he was making. J.C. Jackson, lockdown and eight. And then you add in, obviously, just yep. call him Amanio. That's, that what, what, that's what everyone calls him. Amanio. 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 Oh, shit. What a year, man. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, uh, Bird, obviously, and then Micah Hyde, not in the Pro Bowl. Uh, five interceptions, safety position, pretty impressive alongside Kevin there. Uh, incredible year by these gentlemen. Hello, boys. How about Eleven J- picks. That's a lot. How about J.C. Jackson? What a stud, huh? He's, oh, a, yeah. he's a monster. They're going to probably end up franchise tagging him this year and then paying and, him next year. Yeah, and then he'll, the Stephon Gilmore thing will happen with exactly. him. Exactly. And then you'll we'll ship him out of town. Yeah, absolutely. Which, yeah. by the way, that's how the Patriots win. They that's do business, their thing. Baby. JC's a hell of a player. Good for him. Good for Trayvon Diggs. Good for all. I'm on you putting up a show mm-hmm. out there in Detroit. Uh, let's go to the kicking leaders. This is strictly by percentage-wise on field goals. 94.6% field goal percentage for Justin Tucker. Uh, star of a 60-minute feature wow long as 66 mm-hmm. i mean he has the longest ever and that has to be one of the highest percentages in the history of the nfl with a certain amount of kicks happening when he misses the world is confused and makes no sense absolute superstar congrats to tucker leading the league in percentage yet again matt gay 94.1 percent out in la sean mcveigh said we got a guy with some swagger we like him young way coo down in atlanta onside kick master 93.1 percent field goal percentage with a long of 54 daniel carson had five game winners i think he's kicking at 93 percent and he's also getting another contract and an extension in the folk Legend, the folklore, Nick Folk, still doing it at 92.3%. Congrats to these five and the entire operation of Snap, Hold, and Kid. Yeah. AJ, your thoughts here. These are very high percentages for people that say kicking doesn't matter and they miss a lot. Oh, I mean, I think these are – I had no idea they were this high. I really didn't. The top five I thought would be a little bit lower than this, and I'm, I'm looking to see where they kick, obviously. Justin Tucker, especially, having the highest percentage and – a 66-yarder playing in Baltimore. We know it gets cold there. We've seen the practice field turn when the grass goes dormant, right? So this dude's kicking in all conditions as well. Kicks at Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. Like, that even 
makes it more impressive. Yeah, it's a nightmare. The 66 was in Detroit. He took a little extra step, but what you're referring to is 100% accurate. Two games in Cleveland, two games in Pittsburgh, two games in Cincinnati. That's a nightmare. And then if you look at Nick Folk, how you doing? Keep it moving. Foxborough is no fun. Buffalo is terrible. Miami is beautiful. Yeah, gorgeous. It's warm too, humid, the ball flies. Mm -hmm. It's a little breezy down there. You know, it is down to the bay, you know. Yeah, Yeah, sure, sure. MetLife stinks. Kicking in dark of the bay. A little breezy there. MetLife does stink to kick, but it's all impressive stuff. You still have to go out and make the kick, regardless of what the weather is. What a season. Then let's get to the punters. How you doing? Keep moving. We went off net yardage. Although net yardage isn't 100% the best way to go off of who the best punter in the NFL is, because if they're hitting pooch punts and they're doing their job right and getting fair catches at the 10 or the 9 or the 5, that's probably going to have a much shorter gross and net. But net is a good one because this is actual yards gained by your team in the punt play. So I think this is what is most important in the end, although I think stats should be changed on how they are calculated. Uh, Inside the 20 punt should be a percentage. Uh, It should be a cutoff at like the 45, uh, your own 45 looking in. Those should be considered pooch punts. That should be a percentage like free throws. And then gross and net should be judged off of all other punts that happened before that. That is a way they could get punting into fantasy football, by the way. I hope somebody finally does that. With that being said, Brian Anger, 44.6 net. That is huge hell of a year 48.4 yard gross average so he's given up about four yards per punt uh 43.6 logan cook had a baby hey, a lot of punting yeah, down in jacksonville yeah. and he uh did comment on my rant about us losing Clontown. he said hey bob that's quite a shame yeah that's quite a shame <laughs> hey yep. he ended the season on a high note had a hell of a year 47.3 yard gross 43 about four yards there sam martin of denver and i'm not sure if denver broncos fans are pumped about sam martin or not he had a gross of 46 which isn't great obviously is not high i think he was looking for a lot of fair catches in that thing he had a 42.8 yard net that's unbelievable three point some yards difference between your gross and and that is obviously a fantastic thing. And he had 28 inside the 20 in this list that tops it. Uh, 42.6 net for Johnny Hecker. 44.2 gross. Congratulations for him. And A.J. Cole, 42.5 with a 50-yard gross. So those balls are going a long way, but also getting some returns. Uh, probably gave up one touchdown maybe. I'm not 100% sure that can eat your uh, your net and your gross. But congrats to each other. Joining us now. Is an absolute legend, a man who's been in a lot of top five leaderboards for whether it's uh, yards, uh, shit talk, uh, maybe a maybe a little bit of a hey fuck you, no hey Ooh. fuck you. I don't know how many of those happened in a season, but I assume this guy was a part of a couple of them because he was so competitive, so goddamn good. Friend of the show, ladies and gentlemen, NFL Network analyst and football icon Steve Smith. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? Hey, you, Utah Utes, dude. Utah Utes. Uh, Here we go. We played. I we can't did. hear you. I'm, I'm eating humble pie. Uh, <laughs> hey, respect, respect, respect. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Finish that thing. All right, I'm finished. I'm finished. Hey, AJ, how you doing? What's up? Hey, it was a good game, though, wasn't it? Let me tell you something. <laughs> I was heartbroken. Really? Man. I have actually become a fan. You know, you know, AJ, when you're still playing, you, you sometimes you never really cross over. You're still always like you're just a football player. I was a fan. I think I've I've switched over to a fan, man. And 
me and my me and my firstborn, we were there. We went back to our hotel. You know, I'm back home, and we grabbed a little uh, Tommy's burgers. Bro, we we sat down and ate, took one bite of the burger, and we both looked at it and was like, why do we even waste our money? Like, <laughs> we had no appetite. Bro, I'm telling you. Man, it was like, it was like being a kid waiting for his daddy to never pick him up. Oh, no. He went to the store. Went to the store. Oh, no. Oh, it, just, it was bad, man. So um, even some of the friendly, you know, banter going back and forth. That's why it took me so long to follow up with you guys, bro. I'm, I'm just getting over it. Wow. Just, just hey, this is good news for Utah, though. How they put up a good fight against Ohio yeah. State. In the yeah, Rose Bowl. Okay, Hey, that's what you tell all the little Johnnies in the backyard until you go to the big boy league and you get mollywops. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, Utah's going to come, though. Hey, this is a foundation builder. Utah's going to keep yeah. going, especially with your fanhood. And the fact that you got sick to your stomach and lost your appetite afterwards, I think all of Utah's happy to hear that you're that big of a fan. Imagine being a Colts fan and having them lose to Jacksonville and not making the fucking playoffs, Steve. Dude, think about that. Um, I mean, the only, only thing you guys, you experienced – the last week of the season is what you were going to experience the sec this the, the, the next week in the playoffs. Why you make that face, Jonathan Taylor, Steve? Why why do you think some teams don't just give? For instance, and you you come from a different perspective. Than me and AJ, AJ's a linebacker. I'm just somebody that got a chance to watch front row and kick balls and people fail. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you admitted that. Yeah, yeah, Steve. <laughs> and by the way, you can say that because you played in the NFL. All these other goons on TV, though, I'm more athletic than all of you. I'll smack you right in the fucking mouth. <laughs> That's either here nor there, okay? You can say that for that whole thing. Anybody that played in the NFL can. But why do you think some play callers, like, refuse to admit what is working? Do you think that is a real problem around the NFL? Do you think that's something that, like, pride, ego can get involved in? Have you ever experienced anything like that? Well, I played for the Panthers, so, you know, we didn't experience that a lot, you know. But, um, you know, just looking on the outside, looking in, um, man, I, I've been very – I'm always critical of, of, of quarterbacks, Right. And I've been extremely critical of quarterbacks, not throwing shade, but just looking at it in this perspective. You can't tell me when you're paying somebody a, a benchmark of forty five million dollars a year. Right. Or you're, or you're old, forty six or forty five million dollars a year. You touch the ball the whole time. And AJ, I bring you in. I'm asking you, how many linebackers, you know, keep their job if they keep missing tackles? Zero. Can't make tackles. <laughs> probably not make. Probably not going to make the team. But zero. What? Hold on. What about a corner who actually cannot cover? <laughs> or check cover two. But yeah. Even in cover two, he's running cover three. <laughs> okay. How about a wide receiver who can't catch? <laughs> What's he doing? All right. So my point is. You're paying a quarterback $45 million. You bet the farm and traded traded for him. And you're telling me we can win a game if we minimize oh. him throwing the ball. Oh, no. So I'm no longer in football, but I'll use an analogy that we all of us understand. If you buy a stock and it keeps going down, there is unrealized and realized gain. But at some point, you're going to have to hit that trigger to sell or you're going to just let it go to the bottom and then tell your wife, well, you know, I blow our money, but hey, 
Stuck he's a it. good person. He's, hey, our financial guy, he's a good guy. <laughs> he can't pick any damn stocks, right? He just screwed up our kids' college fund. He done messed up all of our money, but man, you know, he's a good person. Man, he, he's good. Good handshake. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Good handshake. He looks you yeah. in the eye. That is Carson Wentz. Oh, God. I hate to say it. Carson Wentz is exactly who I would love my daughter to date. But playing football? Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, with you saying that, Steve, what do they do now? Their GM and head coach wouldn't commit to him next year. What do you think happens for the Colts? I think they have to get a <clears> – <throat> Frank Wright is an exceptional. I love Frank Wright. I love the general manager. I love what they're doing. Right, but you, I'm, I'm experiencing in Carolina right now. You have all of the pieces. You, you, you have the great organization that knows how to draft. They know how to uh, raise up their own. They have a great farm system. They know how to draft a kid in whatever round and pull them up out of, you know, out of that, and it becomes a great football, uh, unbelievable, all pro, all this stuff. But your quarterback is a liability when you. When you evaluate, compare him to everything else, linebackers, receivers, running back, all this stuff is great. But what is not great? The guy who's making 40, who's, who's, who has a $45 million price tag, who's guaranteed. And, and the reason I'm saying this, he's touching the ball every time. And you're saying we're really good if we minimize him working. Hey, Steve, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Because they say a lot of these young quarterbacks coming out of college all stink. And I guess, do you think it's going to be a big time, like, backup quarterbacks on the move this offseason? Like, who do you think you would go for if you had a team that was well-built? And I think you were describing, like, Darius Leonard and Kenny Moore and many yes. other players that Chris Ballard was able to draft, have oh. an eye, pay, they build up, and they just seem to be band-aiding this quarterback position. What would you do to fix it, you think? Man, I, I think you gotta you got to ask yourself – Really, what 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 people are trying to do right now is you got to stop putting this square peg through this round hole, right? Mm. You got to yeah. stop doing that. And then also, quarterback position is extremely hard. It's extremely hard, and it's, it's it's hard to figure out because the college game is so simple in the passing game. You're really not sure from the shoulders above. Are these guys really as good as their numbers in college, and can they make the the leap? into the pros and you don't know until they're there. The unfortunate part, the quarterback position is coveted so so major that you have to spend all of that equity to find out it ain't working out. So whenever you so whenever you think about uh, let's pivot to the coaching situations because there's seven head coaching jobs up right now. If you count the Raiders, three GM jobs. How do they find who the right person is? How do they, because just like the quarterback position, you have no fucking idea if a guy is going to be a good head coach or not. You honestly, right? Don't you? I mean, you have no idea because they might get a little bit of power and become a completely different person. You have you have no. How do you think they should figure it out? And what do you think the whole landscape's going to look like? Well, what you have is, I, I think a guy, a great example is in Detroit. Anthony Lynn is a great man. He's a great man. He's a great leader of men. He is not an offensive coordinator, right? But sometimes we want offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators to be the head coach, and that doesn't always work out, 
right? North Turner, I think Mike Zimmer is a great example as well. They're unbelievable defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators. But managing a whole team is a unique opportunity. And when you can't get people to understand, just manage the team and have good, smart people around you, specialists, that's where things get murky, right? Everybody can't be everything. And and, and that's what you have to figure out. And Anthony Land, I believe if he wouldn't have been offensive coordinator this year, if he would have just stayed away, he would be in the running for head coach because he is unbelievable at orchestrating and managing a team. As offense coordinator, he, I, I, he's on a, he's struggling, and and that's what got him out of Detroit. And that's a great example. Sometimes you got to know what your strengths are. You have to be willing to admit your weaknesses, but don't don't glance over them. Allow the, your weaknesses to say, hey, I want to be, I'm going to be a head coach, but I'm going to bring in smart coordinators to allow them to do their jobs, and then I will manage everything else. And that's what Bill Belichick does. That's what some other coaches do. But then there's the other guys who don't, and, and, and it's hard. And it's a selective few, and you got to pay a lot of money to figure out if a coach is good or is he or he isn't. And that's the tough part about it. Steve, what about when we talked about quarterbacks and coaches and you have to invest all of this up front to try to see if they're the guy? How do you know when is the time to either give them another year or, or pull the plug? That's another thing right now I think everyone's dealing with. Hey, Daniel Jones is going to get another year, I guess, with the Giants is what we were told by uh, Schrager. Like, hey, maybe this next – you know, like they well, – I, I, I agree – I like Daniel Jones. He's here. In, he's from Charlotte. So he need, I, I he like might Daniel. need a new stay, though. Maybe get him to Carolina, a fresh start. Get him the hell out of there. It's not even a fresh start, right? If I use Daniel Jones and New York and Charlotte, and I use New York, uh, Sam Darnold, and Charlotte right now, can we really say that we really know how good Daniel Jones or, or how bad uh, Sam Darnold is when both of their offensive lines are not very good? What happened with the Jets with Sam Darnold, he got body slammed for a long time and his body gave out. He doesn't lift to go, hey, I'm going to run the ball, right? He lifts to like his shoulders, protection, all that stuff to throw. He doesn't run to get tackled every single time and he shouldn't be. But that's what happened with the Jets. He got body slammed too many times. His body said, we're not built for this, right? He comes to Carolina. He gets body slammed a number of times during the season. He says, body not built for this. We don't have an offensive line here in Carolina to really give a, a, a fair assessment because the offensive line is, is one of your pillars to how good your team will be, right? And so the offensive line sets the tone for your offense, right? Because they're if they're really good road graders, they set the tone. They, they baptize the D-line and make them good, and then they protect the opposing team to let your quarterback have a clean pocket and deliver the ball. Neither one of these gentlemen had that opportunity. Instead, they were running for their life. Daniel Jones, athletically, is not on the precipice of a guy that needs to have designated runs for him over Saquon Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you know when to pull the trigger? When's enough, How do you know, for the coach, this goes back to AJ, how do you know when the quarterback is finally like, hey, this guy ain't going to be it? How do you know well, with the I coach? Mean, that's the toughest part is you, there's so many things that, that are wrong with both with the Giants. You don't really know. They allowed Dave Gettleman to retire. I think that's great. 
they need a new general manager. They also need a new head coach. So they got to fig. They have to figure it out. They have to understand. I, my question is always in this offseason when the coaches, what is your vision? What is the goal of the business that you're trying to do? What is your miss- mission statement? Right. If you don't have all those things, then who are you hiring? You're hiring a guy because he looked good over here, but he his beliefs or his ideology may not align with yours. Uh-huh. So you have to figure that part out. Yeah, I'm excited to see what these teams do. There's a lot of teams that have a long history of fucking it up. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, oh, yeah. there's a long history, <laughs> and hopefully they'll be able to figure it out. I know the boys got a couple questions for you, Steve, and we appreciate right, your cool. time. Uh, but I want to show you I want to show you the receiving leaders. I want to show you this graphic of the top five receiving leaders for this season. It seems to be a younger group. Now, obviously, you got Devontae in there. You got Cooper Cup, who's been around a long time. Justin Jefferson is a superstar. Jamar Chase. Debo Samuel is an all-around Debo. young Debo's unbelievable yards from scrimmage. Do you think it'll continue to be a younger position? Do you think guys are getting better quicker at the receiving position? Or do you think just that LSU, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, that pipeline is just a very special one and unique? I think I, I believe everything you said is correct. It is getting younger, the pipeline, but also too, they're throwing a the ball, they're developing so much younger in college because of the passing game, right? And then you come into the passing game in the NFL. But what is always going to happen, though, you're going to have these young guys, right, that do good, but you also got some old heads who are going to just, you know, they understand as their physical attributes decline, they also, rightfully so, should be. They're, um, you know, they, they know how to run routes. They know how to play the game, right? Talking about Cooper Cup is funny. So, some some folks back when Cooper was first coming out, I, I coveted Cooper as probably one of the best wide receivers in that draft class. And people called me idiots. They said I was dumb and Steve has no idea what's going on. The reason what I love to do, all these guys that I've watched in college, the year they're coming out, I watched that year. But then I go back the year before to see what deficiencies or errors or or, or bad habits they had and have they broken them, right? Have they improved? Juju Smith-Schuster, his first year was better with Sam than – then his second year when he came out, his third year when he came out and with, with, with the Steelers because things just didn't work out. They weren't as good. So I like watching the year they're coming out, then the other year, and that really gives me an understanding of, of, of a guy. in Cooper, even though he went to a small school, Cooper was balling the year before he came out. Then when he came out, he was balling, and I, I, I'm just amazed. Justin Jefferson, the same way. Well, so you, you can kind of get a feel for the work ethic, too, I guess, right? As soon, if you look for, okay, what's he look like now? What do he look like last year? Oh, these were, he was terrible coming out of his breaks. Maybe his hands were late or his hands were early or things like that. And then the next year, they get much better. It's like, oh, this guy's work ethic. This guy understands that, hey, I do have deficiencies. I can get better. I never really thought of that. That seems like a brilliant way to scout people. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's that's. Uh, <laughs> Why are they calling you idiot? Huh? Why are they calling you dumb, Steve? Part part of that is I think that the, you know how it is, man. Now you just you say I'm in a position I'm in, and yet I'm an idiot. I guess the 16 years I played didn't mean anything. I guess I was just out there playing Madden all the time. You know, uh, you were so. guessing. You were guessing out there. It was a hell of a run. Go ahead, Ty. Steve, when you look at the Bengals this year, there's kind of, you know there's a lot of juice with them going into the playoffs. Do you think they can actually make a run in the AFC, and you know maybe like what they don't know won't hurt them or whatever because they are pretty young? Do you think the Bengals will actually uh, make a run here in the AFC? 
I mean, yeah, I, I believe they can make a run. I, I do also do believe, you know, youth can play against you because you don't know what you don't know, especially if you're playing a veteran team. I, I Someone told me this as well, and, and it didn't really make sense. And then I sat on it for about two weeks, and it really made sense. If you're around losing enough, you don't really even realize how much it just gets into your fabric. It's like losing mm. is like being around someone who smokes cigarettes, right? When yeah, it permeates, yeah. right? It permeates. You don't know that that cigarette smoke is all over you until you go to somewhere else. You go, they say, are you a smoker? You're like, no. And then they're like, oh, well, such and such is. They live in my house. And then all of a sudden, Sorry. you don't realize it's in everything. It's in your socks. It's in your shoes. It's in your clothes. It's in your washing machine. It's everywhere. It's in your, your, your blinds, everything. And so- that's what losing is. It's like smoking cigarettes. You don't really realize how much of that stench is on you and with you, even through your fabric of your clothes. Right. And when that happens, you know, you're young, you don't realize and you you're there 10 years and all of a sudden you're in the playoffs and yeah, you're hype. And AJ knows this too. Right. And tell me if I'm wrong, AJ, when you're not very good for a long time or you experience some losing, for a little bit, and there's reasons why. At some point in the game, sitting on the bench, you go, "Man, how are we gonna screw this up?" <laughs> That's a negative way to look at it, Steve. I hate AJ, that you're on a team AJ, that was thinking like that. AJ, AJ, be honest. Like sometimes when you have one of those years, dude, he had yeah, Aaron and Brett, bro. He had Aaron. Yeah, and I was Brett. lucky. I was very lucky, but yeah, there's there's definitely been times where. Things aren't going well, and you, in the back of your mind, you're trying to block it out, but you're like, all right, well, how are we going to mess this one up today? Yeah. It happens. And, 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 that's, and it doesn't have to be you're on a bad team your whole career. It just has to be you have a little bit of adversity, and your team, collectively, you've shown that you can't overcome the self-inflicting wounds. Well... I'm excited to see what teams get the cigarette smoke out of the restaurant. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of places that don't have any, you know, from the smoking and non-smoking section, there's nothing divider there. Because they might have a good front office, but the coaching staff is smoking, and that shit's just getting all over Mm -hmm. everything. (laughs) Or they might have great coaches in the GMs or sitting in the the non-smoking section. That shit's just getting all over it. Steve, we appreciate you so much for joining us, man. I love talking to you. You are the best. Well, I appreciate it. I had to come in yeah. and tip my hat off to AJ. You guys won. Um, I love you showed class. Um, <laughs> you know, I've never been there before, so I was acting just like you do, you know? <laughs> I, I, I call it like I see it, you know? There's just some folks, you know, some some folks you just can't give money to, man. And sometimes I'm one of those guys. Yeah, <laughs> I'm one of those guys, too. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Smith Sr. Thank you, man. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that if you're not gambling with FanDuel, you're wrong. Okay, FanDuel Sportsbook is available in uh, seven states, I believe, at this point. Uh, six, seven, eight. You get it. If you're not gambling with FanDuel Sportsbook, though, you're completely wrong. And if we're not in your state yet, we are coming to your state. We have better odds. We have a much easier to use app. The convenience is next level. The people at FanDuel actually refund people when they shouldn't refund people, giving back hundreds of millions and millions of dollars to their users. Users, FanDuel Sportsbook is the best sports book going for a lot of reasons, most of them what I just said. 
Uh, we are very thankful for our partnership with FanDuel, obviously. There are so many different ways to win. There's more things to bet on. Their boosts seem to always hit, which is just fucking themselves over time and time again. Uh, we love the hell out of FanDuel Sportsbook, and you will too. If you haven't used it yet, use it now. Nah. Also, there's fantasy on there, daily fantasy, and free-to-play games where you can win money. Shout out to FanDuel. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. Whenever you talk about a chiseled jawline, you think, oh, here's the standard. Uh-huh. This guy's face. Yeah. Whenever you talk about just hitting the, the ladder thing yeah. every morning stair for 30, climber. 45 minutes, not stair climbers, versa, versa, versa climber. He, 30, 45 minutes, so his arms just get yoked up and his pants get yoked up. We saw him every day national championship. He had size medium on top, medium on the bottom. Let's go ahead and let everything eat and had incredible shoes. He's just peacocking around all the times, not because he wants to, not because he's bragging, because his muscles yeah. won't let his goddamn arms sit down. That's right. Muscle this dude is college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion, and COVID survivor, ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hall. Hey, baby, A.J. What's oh. up, dude? Yep, that's me. Just so jacked at all times. Can't put my arms down, right? <laughs> hey, you are in incredible shape. Now, I, I do judge people uh, on their legs, you know how their leg size look you know like dudes that uh work out a lot i'm always like okay but your legs look incredibly tiny did you never walk anywhere do you not do anything do you not understand that your base is very for instance evan fox's legs are twigs and he'll just Mm -hmm. do curls and everything oh we're getting after it but his legs will never grow legs are very Uh, genetic though you know that too that's legs will never grow whole family has chicken legs but you had pants on uh, that were yoggers almost. I can't wear those because of the calves. And I like looked up. Your fucking AJ's legs are. Him and Aaron are just squatting all fucking day. Yeah. I think is that is that all you do all morning is just legs, 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 legs. And are you still in condition to play? How let's get you out on that ball hockey tournament. Yeah, yeah here let's we go. Let's get you out here competing a little bit. It looks like the body's ready to go. I mean, yeah, I, I feel uh, I feel pretty good. Um, yeah, you have giant calves, giant legs, though. You know, calves are very, very genetic. Those are tough to grow. But also, you can not You can make your quads and ass grow. Squats, hey, if you squat enough, you're going to have to grow. Believe me, it'll happen. So let's talk about your thoughts on squats and asses. Because one of your main lines is, you know, no cakes is something you got to judge upon. And then uh, when Aaron talked about Schefter's Lambeau Leap, yep. I think he said no ass having. So you believe that the ass is earned the legs potentially given wow that's that's interesting depends on where no calves are given calves are they're a direct line to your family i feel like you can i can i can look at a, a dad and i can find his kid from the calves if you see him walking around. That's, pretty much easy to do. that's pretty easy to do but as far as quads and ass now i mean it's it is genetic a little bit but you can definitely build your quads up quads and hammies oh yeah you can put some mass on well, that's different than your ass, right? I mean, are we talking, is glute? Is glute- your ass too, but you know, genetically, like some people are born with big bubble asses that are halfway up their back and some people aren't. And by the way, that is something we're yes. talking sports that is judged in football. Yeah, That's usually, a big thing that scouts look at. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, usually, folk, like, it's a, they're fulcrum on how they hit people. You're not going to see a lot of flat ass dudes in offensive, defensive lines. You're not going to see a lot of explosive uh, positions. You're not going to see a lot of flat asses. You're going to normally see some big old asses on explosive mm-hmm. positions. Punter kicker is one of them, by the way. Mm-hmm. That is somewhere you got to move the ball. And also, if you're headhunting and trying to get Jordan Poyer in trouble with NFL officiating, you probably got to be explosive as hell. AJ, do you feel as if you are a little bit to blame for this tweet that this Boston stooge sent to the NFL officiating yesterday? 
Dear NFL officiating, the NFL is all about the safety of the NFL players, so this is upsetting. Today, Jordan Poyer said on the Pat McAfee show that he and his teammates would for sure be headhunting Saturday night first the Pats. Please investigate. Signed, concerned, unbiased fan. That's right. And then he says, go ahead and dive in, take a little closer look at that, please. He didn't want to report anything. He said maybe it happened. Do you feel as if you're a part of this entire problem with what you said? You go, oh, you guys are going to be headhunting, huh? Here we no, go. For sure. Is that Well, the that's the great thing. I thought this out before I even asked this. Jordan didn't say anything about headhunting. I said that. I said, oh, are you guys going to be headhunting? All he said was for sure. That could have been, he could have been answering something that I asked two two minutes before that. We don't know. True. You because screwed him. Because it is amazing. tech. Yeah. He was on Zoom. Yeah, Zoom right. is known for the tech thing. Yeah. He said for sure, because I think what we led into that was they get no respect or whatever. You know, it's prime time, that whole thing. You guys are going to show out. For sure. For sure. Uh-huh. You're going to be headhunting on Saturday night. AJ just kind of dropped it in there, yeah. kind of snuck it yeah, out. I went back and watched the tape. AJ is going to have to pay this man's $100,000 oh, fine when something bad happens on Saturday Sheesh. night, okay? We should all be prepared for that, especially AJ. So you guys are soft, it sounds like. You're a little bit Mo- soft. Worried about a little physical football up there in Buffalo. Yeah, AJ, sorry, Connor. We're not as soft as Bill's Mafia because they're not going to the game. So right? that's what I was about to talk about. AJ, we talked about we talked to Jordan Poyer yesterday for, what, four or five minutes about Buffalo Bills and Bill's Mafia basically getting a chance to ho- host a playoff game and showcase the, one of the best fan bases in all of sport in the weather and how you doing. This is Buffalo. There's tickets for like 25 bucks, 30 bucks right now. A lot of them. When Jordan to a playoff po- game? Yes. Yeah. When Jordan Poyer said to me, hey, I got two uh, sweet passes for you if you want to go. I was like, oh, okay. So now I don't have an excuse, right? Like it, not being able to get a ticket or have a suite is an easy excuse. Whenever he's like, hey, I got two for you. It's like, oh, there's no real excuse here. I appreciate that. And then once we got off the show and people started tweeting us, we might be able to buy like a few thousand tickets yeah. if we really wanted to. I mean, that is, that's a real thing that's happening right now, AJ. I'm surprised. Are you? Huh. Well, is this happening in other stadiums for the playoffs? Do we know? Is it just a live event issue is what you're saying? Yeah, like I don't I, I honestly have no idea why this would happen. Like what was what was their attendance like dots. for their home games this year? Okay, so zoom in. What is what what are we the green uh, dots or are there seats available in those sections? So every single section. Every section, yeah. Yeah, usually like it may be like the top deck, there may be some open. Yeah, Maybe. You, you'll see like a couple green dots, but like like it's showing how many good deals they are, but like there's a lot of tickets That's available. A lot it's a of green joke. They it? haven't had a home playoff game since the '90s. I'm what does this sure. mean? The Patriots fans don't travel. Did they play last year. They're waiting for the dip. No probably. Fans. No fans. Six with five, the fans, he said. Five. Oh yeah, with, said, yeah. with the fans. With the fans. With the fans. Yeah, maybe it's the Patriots fan. No, but those <laughs> lower levels. It's a home playoff game. There shouldn't be tickets available for people who are Buffalo Bills fans. Yeah, the Patriots fans should only get their allotment of tickets yeah. or whatever that they get sent up hundred. there. It's a, This is wild, but it would not slow down an incredible wildcard weekend. There will be a lot of eyes on that primetime game. Oh, yeah. There will be a lot. Probably 20-some million? What do we think? 25 million people will come? At least. For sure. 40-some million? I think think it'll be in the 30s. I don't know if it'll go to 40, but I think it'll be in the 30s. And what's real and what isn't when it comes to those numbers, but all eyes are going to be on Wild Card Weekend. It starts with Raiders-Bengals tomorrow, AJ. Whenever you look at that game, what is your first impression, your first thoughts? I mean, five and a half points for the Bengals seems to be a lot, doesn't it? Okay, so you like the Raiders. No, I think I still may like the Bengals, but I just feel like that's a lot. I feel like these teams are more evenly matched than than five and a half. Well, five and a half is obviously a lot uh, whenever you're talking about a regular season matchup. But now that you're talking playoffs and all the other things that are going on. I'm taking Bengals. All right, I'm taking the Raiders. So we'll do this. Are we Ooh. doing this right now? 
Yeah, might as well. All right, I hit the Raiders plus five. And a half. Here we Let's go. go. Just we strictly go. because of the Basaccia video that I saw last night where he was saying, hey, we got a blah, 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 and then uh, number seven for the Zay team. Jones. Uh, who? Zay Jones. Zay Jones pulls him in and goes, hey, you're doing a great job, coach. And he goes, fucking you too, dude, and walks off. I'm like, that team. Seems, that was awesome. I think Bengals, yeah, it was. That was an amazing thing to see. I really appreciated that a lot. I wonder if Davis... He's looking at that while he's going through his sure. IRS situation. If he's also looking at what the mic'd up situations are on the sideline with Richie Basaccia, how's the family? Well, should. that guy gets the gig. He should. That'd be that'd be very cool. That'd be a very cool story. Uh, let's go to the next game: Patriots Bills. Four point favorites at home. Not a sellout yet, but Bills Mafia will show up in a big way. Mac Jones, rookie quarterback, going into hostile environment that he knows a little bit about for a playoff game. AJ, your thoughts. So am I picking first on all of these games? I mean, maybe. I wasn't That's fine. I can do it. I can pick first. So I've had, I've gotten both ways with this one. Have you? Yes. I have no idea what to pick this one. I don't either. But when I, when I am questioning whether I should pick, like who I should pick, I'm going to lean to the Patriots. So I got Patriots at plus four here. Hmm. Give me the Bills minus four. Okay. I think the Patriots are going to win. Especially with their fans not even showing up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not voted in the Pro Bowl. Fans not showing up. I mean, that team is going to be humming. And the way Jordan Poyer spoke about Josh Allen... I thought I found that really cool. Like he's he's excited. The defense is excited to see the offense grow and succeed. I don't think it's always like that. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I don't think that is just a natural reaction. Uh, this is going to be a time where the Buffalo Bills cement their legacy as the new AFC East Kings. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, I definitely do think when you play a team for the third time, like you can prepare or whatever. But it's going to come down to who's got the better quarterback. So I, 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 it's an uphill battle for New England. Yeah, New England. By the way, this is going to lay great foundation for this Mac Jones era. Yeah, exactly. This can be a part of a documentary, I think. Uh Even if, you know, I'm right and the Bills do win by at least a tud here, it'll still be a part of the doc. You know, that year really taught us what we had, what we didn't have. I'm just thinking back to a brand new man in the arena, which is what Mac Jones basically is with goddamn Tom Brady. Yeah, Yeah, great experience for the whole team, too, because a lot of these guys from free agency, they didn't have much playoff experience either. So, I mean, really the whole entire team is kind of getting a taste of the playoffs. Hopefully we can continue it next year. But maybe they don't know what they don't know either. And yeah, you know, yeah. true. Why, why is why is Connor self handicapping? He's not as confident as he usually. I'm is. not self handicapping. I just think that there's a lot of things that are up against. Should I the change Patriots. my pick? This is how sure. he's been, by the way, all week. It, it's almost like a pretty realistic view on the world from the all Patriots. Right, I'm doubling down on Patriots then, Connor. I know you, you're scared. That makes me even more confident. Than hey, that. if you're a scared, motherfucker. Go to church. Yeah, man. I'm not scared <laughs> whatsoever. I think Belichick is, you know, gonna have something up his sleeve, but it. Chuck said yesterday, it's going to come down to two or three plays, and when we're watching the game, it'll be like, oh, okay, there's one of those plays that either went the Patriots way or didn't, and, and hopefully the, it does. All of these picks, AJ, we'll be able to watch the game, and while we're watching the game, we'll go, of course, I thought, that, of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course that's going to happen. Of course. Give me the Bills. I like the Bills. Let's go. Uh, Eagles, Bucks, eight and a half there. Eight and a half point favorites at home. 1 p.m. game in Tampa. Who knows what the weather's going to be like? Nobody. Nobody has a clue what the weather is going to be like in Florida, but let's assume it, there's going to be a little breeze. Let's assume there's going to be a breeze yeah. down there. Mm-hmm. It might be a slick track, which is Florida humidity, anyways. It's just going to be a standard game here down in Tampa, I think. 
Yeah, I uh, eight and a half is a lot, but I like the Bucks uh, to cover eight and a half. Hey, me as well. Just because eight and a half is so much, and people are saying the Eagles got a chance, it's like, well, that obviously means that the Bucks are going to fucking blow them out. That, that <laughs> just, you know, that that just. No offense to the Eagles. This is another one of those documentaries where you know the the, the flowers will be growing through the manure. Oh, yeah. yeah, this will be That's another right. one of those situations setting themselves up for the future. Is Jalen Hurts quarterback of the future there? I think I so. Think so. Okay. You're going to get a phone call, another one from Sirianni. Wow. Nobody's answering a call, so they're actually just popping in live over here. So we would, we don't know who's – let's answer this one right here. <laughs> Five Energy phone line, what's your name? Where are you calling from? What do you want to talk about? Uh, my name is Paulie. I'm from Rochester, New York. I want to talk about how Connor has no fucking clue what he's talking about in terms of the Patriots and Bills game. All right. That's what, that was a good call. That was a yeah. good call. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I like that call. Yeah, that we should call. do that a little bit more often. That was awesome. Connor, you did not deserve that, but that was a good call. Uh, let's go to uh, Niners <laughs> Cowboys. Niners getting three points in Jerry World. Connor, you did not deserve that. Oh, in sorry. Jerry World, Dallas favored by three. Yep. The Niners, what, the people are looking at them as like the hottest team uh, in the NFC, possibly the NFL right now, and the scariest team, but guess what? Big Mike's going to be smashing watermelons the night before. I like. Is that inside source? Yeah. Is that Confirmed. inside source? No, that is not inside source. But I just I I had a vision this morning of Big Mike holding two sledgehammers and going right left. Dog, two. Douche, 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 <laughs> douche, smoking watermelons. Douche, 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 douche. Yep. Douche. yep. All right, I love that. Uh, 49ers-Cowboys is the game that the Hammer Down boys will be putting their same-game parlay for the same-game parlay holiday on. What are you guys feeling? How are you guys leaning? Just so I know, get a little bit heads up because old same-game parlay holiday Gumpa Claus back there with his glasses. Mm-hmm. We'll start with you, Gump. What are you guys leaning? Niners all the way. Okay, uh, Diggs, how come and why? How do we feel? Uh, you need your tongue pierced, Gump? <laughs> What's in your mouth? What's wrong with you, Something's Adrian? in his mouth. He was like, he had a beads in his mouth or something. <laughs> a tongue ring. You need fucking glasses, <laughs> did dude. Did you really? You need a pair of these. He didn't. Did he? How Pat's laughing makes me think he really did. No, no, no. I'm just laughing because you are the most ridiculous human I've ever. Cowboys minus three for me. Sorry, Gump. But honestly, it looks like you had a tongue. There's not enough fucking watermelons in the world for Big Mike to smash to win this game. Yeah, it, it might have been tooth. It might have been a toothpick on old Gump Claus, yeah. dude. He's been in the lab. Get out of this guy's Come life. On. It's always Gump. Have you ever had a? Uh, you ever have a, somebody in your group though that showed up after getting their tongue pierced and? I can't talk like this. It was worth it. It'll be good in a week. Good in a week. It's a lot of fun. Oh, okay, cool. They shot a piece of your tongue out of your mouth there. And now you can't sleep for two days. But it'll be worth it, dude, when that thing's clanking around and you're having the best, the best. You get it. That's what they said. Yeah, Go ahead. What right. are you doing, dude? Uh, yeah, we're on the Niners. How come? Uh, no good reason. Okay. Excuse me? That's <laughs> oh, yeah. Trent Williams is back. What? Trent Williams is back. They're going to run the ball all over Dallas. <laughs> what? Edward Town is this show that's been on a heater for 13 months. Don't make it say it's fucking digs. That's what he does, dude. Hey, we why love the Niners. Why you want to say? We don't know. He's kind of boom. Boom. No good reason. I wouldn't even waste the points. Niners money line. Oh, all right. Fuck oh. you. Yeah, say, head odds maker John Sheeran was on the show yesterday. Out of all the picks, he loves Niners. 
Oh, hammer down Foxy. But is that guy is working he cooking? for is FanDuel? Yeah, I honestly, that crossed my mind as well. What's he the does, angle? This he is like the line. This is like poker, right? I mean, you're playing. We're playing against this dude, John Sheeran, who is a legend, and he is on hammer down. He is a great conversation. He is the actual guy we're playing against. Yes. Yeah. Him and his team are the actual people that are setting the lines. So you have to wonder, you know, what type of shit has that guy? Because he was telling us a lot. Like, I didn't expect him to tell us all this stuff. But once again, this is also, you're playing, we are playing against this dude. Right. Yeah. And his record is how he does against the public, right? Yep. yep. And maybe he just thinks, like, uh, we do, we kill every. I mean, it doesn't matter. I love that. If that's the style of odds maker he is. <laughs> yeah. If he's just like, yeah, we'll give you guys a couple of uh, hammered like down. It. Niners, what? Just. It's a lot. Don't even ask. And yeah, Dick's like, you got it. All right. <laughs> we won't even ask. And then he's given a couple other ones. How has he done in the past when he's come on the show and said, like, he doesn't like this or he likes this? Well, he said that he loved Georgia. So that was the last time that he was on. Okay. Okay. So I'm on. Everybody Niners. said that. No, no, no. you and me, dude. Everybody but us. Nobody. I'm saying that. people that were picking, like people that actually do this. They said they like Georgia. But Alabama did have like 60% of the money or something like that, just strictly because, like you and me, AJ, is Saban coaching? Uh, yep. Saban's winning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we don't know shit about fuck. Okay, so he likes the Niners. All right, so I like the Niners as well. Plus three, getting points. Maybe okay. Dallas wins. Maybe this is a big deal. I, I don't know. Jimmy G ain't going to be throwing the ball much, so. Dan Quinn and that defense, you know, are going to run through the lifeline of that D-line. Will Jimmy G be able to make a couple plays when he has to? I think so. He Why looked, not? He looked unbelievable in the second half last week. And I think, I mean, Debo's getting 35 touches. Shit, he might throw 5-10 passes. He threw a touchdown last <laughs> week. Like, he's electric. There, it, he's and gonna... is probably still eating. Yeah. 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 All right, let's go. All right, so I got the Niners. See, I wish, I wish they weren't playing each other because I like watching both mm-hmm. of these teams play, so it's a shame one of them has to go. Concur. I absolutely concur. And the Niners just a few weeks ago laid neck. Yeah. So uh-huh. there is a chance that in Cowboys – have done the same, I guess, throughout the season. So it's wild card weekend, dude. Yeah. Steelers, Chiefs, Sunday night football. Uh, probably going to lose by 20. You know, we stink. We're playing against uh, the number one, not the number one seed, number one team, team. by mm-hmm. all accounts. You know, Super Bowl champion team in their home. Might as well just go out there and let it fly. AJ, your thoughts early on this game? Well, with um, Ben, first off, when he was speaking, he sounded at times a little bit like Diggs when I would hear him self handicap and do all that, which made me feel better about the Steelers. So I'm going to take the Steelers at plus 12 and a half. Diggs is a ghost writer for your favorite promos, dude. Yeah, there's not a uh, number big enough that you could pay me to take the Steelers on this one. Yeah, but you've been saying this for the last four weeks and it made the playoffs. I didn't say they were winning. You like Steelers plus 12 and a half? Yeah, I like Steelers with the points. So the interesting thing is 12 and a half looks like a lot, strictly. Because it's next to all these other ones. Yeah. And you think to yourself, 12 and a half is a lot of points. It's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. But Colts lost to the Jags by 15. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, and can the Steelers score enough points? Yeah. Juju's back. Yeah, it's Tom. Last team. time the Steelers were more than a touchdown underdog in a playoff, so it was a 2005 Colts. And we all know what happened there. Oh, is that the fumble? Yeah. Yeah, Steelers went all the way that year. Won the Super Bowl. But yeah. they didn't. They covered, though. Yeah, they, they, they won and covered and won the Super Bowl. Yeah. You got the Steelers, you? Yeah, I'm going to take the Steelers at the points. I'm hoping at least maybe uh, the Steelers get a cheap touchdown or two at the end. You said oh, like an empty netter. Or they just keep it close. I think their defense could play could play well, I think. Yeah. TJ oh, Watt, man. man, let's get if TJ gets four to five sacks and four to five fumbles, <laughs> we're, we're in a good spot. I think so too. Maybe alternate spread that thing down to eleven and a half. Yeah. John, John Sheeran was also 
pushing the black and gold a little he bit. Was. Okay. He was. John Sheeran was doing this. Man, just that. Oh, this is what I always no Steelers. I'm not doing it with the Chiefs. Yes. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Yeah, every week it feels like with the Chiefs. Not, oh, it's not enough points. The Chiefs are going to blow them out, and then they don't. And this is Tomlin and the Steelers and defense. TJ, Minka. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're on in hockey talk. This is what you you guys are on. Who? What are you guys going to lean towards? Steelers? Yeah. Uh, Tell them, I don't Nick. think we took. Oh, for the final result. Yeah. We didn't either. Smart, smart. That's yeah, smart because really, we don't know. We, you, you're betting on players, not teams. That's right. That's right. All right, give me the Steelers plus 12 and a half. Monday Night Football, we'll deal with that on Monday. I'm happy we got through that and did that. Hey, good luck to you, AJ. Here you go, good boys. luck, boys. Here you go, boys. Hey, good luck to you. I think we had a, we had a, a lot of them that we were uh, opposite, right? Yeah, three. We started, yeah. yeah, early we started with, you know, the first two. We're going to do the opposite. So mm-hmm. we're going to learn a lot about each other here. You know what I mean? Just the Bucks and the Stellars, you guys. I had a bad week, week 18. You had a good week, week 18. So you're on a heater. Is that why we didn't show the re- the results? Because I never knew what I did on that day, well, well, that week. To be honest, we just it slipped to mind. We should yeah. bring it up. We have it, I believe. I think I went 6 and 10. I thought I went 1 and 15. I, so I thought I went 1 and 15, too. You did not. You did good. My sure. account, though, my FanDuel account. Get kicked in the teeth. Oh. Look at that. 6 and 10. You went 8 and 8, dude. That's a good week by you. In that week, that was a weird week. Yeah, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, the Colts lost week. by 15. Yeah. <laughs> I took the Jags there. Did you really? Yeah, look. I remember taking What was the spread again? Well, we might 15, have to check the 15, tape. I think. 15 or something. Yeah, it was 15 or something. Of course I took the Jags. covered by 31. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> that thing was at 35, too, for a while. Yeah. AJ was sitting up 35 in, like, the second quarter already. He knew. Jeez Louise in that game. It was a hell of a year by us, though, by the way. We, we stuck to something. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Boy. <laughs> you know, that never happened. That honestly never happened. Because didn't it start? It just kind of happened to pick the games, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then all the comments were like, this is awesome. We need this every week. Yeah. And people watched it every <laughs> yeah. single week. It was like, I, this is not something I thought anybody would watch or give a fuck about, yeah. but hey, we'll Turns stick out. to it. Turns out they wanted to hear It's one of our good segments, and, uh, you know, being accountable is good, too. You know, seeing what we are the week after. that We both went on a couple runs, I think, for a few weeks. I, uh, I hit for a couple. You hit for a lot. We won people some money, I think. Overall, we were probably up, I think, mm-hmm. as a combination, which is good. Hey, all right. Go, boys. Well done, boys. There were some weeks I was bad, but you were up big. And you had a couple downs, and I went up big. I mean, I feel like as a team, if we're not just going strictly against each other, which we did because – Hey, I'm smarter than you, dude. But I think as a team, given pick, we were up. I think as a whole, we were up. For sure, yeah. It's also a great reminder every week. As much as you two know football, it's impossible to pick these no, fucking no, games. No, we don't know football. Yeah. No. I mean, coaches. You could have coaches pick them every week. Exactly. And they, like, they don't know either. You no could have idea. the coaches for the teams that are playing pick yep. them, and they would have no fucking idea. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you think your team's going to score over 20 this weekend? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And then they go out three. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> well, we couldn't have expected it. No idea. <laughs> couldn't have expected that. We thought it was, it was right bet. Hey, it was right bet against that team. Players, players didn't execute. We had a great scheme. They just didn't execute. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's the show. Thank you guys so much for watching, listening, interacting with us. We appreciate the hell out of you. Look out for the contest that Pat is going to put up on Saturday to potentially win some money and enjoy all the football games this weekend, huh? Playoff football. Here we go. We will see you guys on Overreaction Monday. Cheers. 